go, we go, we go. Assisted connection device is not always operational. WTF, I-A-M-I-W-W-A-S-E, The Art of War and How It Applies to Learning a Language. Delta Course Progresses, The Institute of Human Anatomy. They use real cadavers. And I learned something about soy sauce today. Folks, Tuesday, October 18th, 2022. I'm Steven Sersky. This here is my daily audio blog digest. You call it what it is. The daily goings-on of an expat. Life and times of a working traveler is what I uh, I like to call it. Publish this Monday to Friday. Post it on my website, stevensersky.com. I post it also on Anchor.fm, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, and some of the other places that are publishing podcasts these days. I have been thinking about making it into a newsletter. Haven't done that just yet on Substack, but I do have a newsletter in the works. So, if you want to go to Substack, uh, stevensersky.substack.com. You can sign up to the newsletter there and uh, follow along whenever I send out a newsletter. I do have a couple blog posts in the works. I just haven't got around to um, uh, posting them. I, they're mostly written. It's the, the issue. There's there's two things that are preventing me from, uh, be, I think, being even more productive than I actually could be, to tell you the truth. Uh, number one, working out quite a bit. So I do work out uh, in the morning, uh, like today on, on Tuesday, Thursday, Saturdays. I kind of go for extended walks, uh, and the reason I go for a walk as opposed to a run or anything else now is because during that walk, I'm also studying my HSK-5 vocabulary, which if I don't do it then, I find it very difficult to fit in during any other time of the day, uh, and it's a because it's kind of like a no-brainer time to fit it in uh, in terms of like um, what else am I going to do if I if I were to go for a run or workout uh, like those are usually off days as well Tuesday Thursday Saturdays um, so you know it's a rest day off day whatever it is but if I go for a run anyway or even just a light jog it's like then you get all sweaty you want to wash your clothes you got to stretch and stuff like that and it takes you out of uh, studying language like the the vocabulary and i i'll tell you having already failed the hsk5 test once i'm not going to do that again the goal is to do it again sometime early next year and i think one of the biggest things i have to do is focus on vocabulary and for hsk5 and then after this hsk6 uh you got to spend the time if you don't put the time in Learning the characters, learning the ancient emojis, learning the sounds, learning the tones. Uh, it's, it's sadly, there are, f- I don't think there's any other way to do it, <laughs> basically, is what I'm saying. Uh, it, it's very difficult. So, all that being said, is that I have to spend the time to uh, actually uh, do it. And the only time I can find uh, that's free of any other distraction is in the morning. All that being said, Things are going on. Uh, if, if you're following uh, along in China, the Congress is going on, and that's causing all sorts of um, connection issues. <laughs> the assisted connection devices are not always operational. I'm not sure who you're connecting with these days. I know that my phone has had issues. It's not connecting at all for the last couple of days. Uh, my MacBook still is, and my iPad is hit or miss. Uh, so uh, if you are following along or trying to find some of the things I post, uh, they are still going up. It's just sometimes that they don't hit the regular channels because uh, of uh, certain interferences and issues otherwise. And what is this WTF? 
I-A-M-I-W-W-A-S-E. I'll give you a minute. If you work in a corporate environment, no doubt you've seen emails like this. You know, where they send this email full of these abbreviations. So again, W-T-F-I-A-M-I-W-W-A-S-E. What could I possibly be saying? Isn't that what you think whenever you see an email full of these abbreviations? What the fuck is a major incident when we all speak English? How's that? Just write the thing out. Maybe. Maybe. If, you know, you have to repeat the word 17 times fast, you might just want to abbreviate it. But honestly, this idea, this... I don't, I've read, I, I can't, I don't know actually if I've ever read this somewhere, but isn't the time when a company or a corporation starts abbreviating everything sort of like a time when it's very close to a, a major shift, uh, a major, an MS or an MC in the uh, business, uh, BAU. A major change in business as usual. In other words, half the people get laid off or something like that. Now, I, hey, I'm not innocent to this, but I'll tell you, these abbreviations, ah, I remember when I used to work in a corporate office back in Canada, you just laugh because you just start abbreviating everything. Why not? Does it matter? Just start putting, and then the manager would come around, what does that mean? I'm like, I don't know. I just thought you, I thought you just had to abbreviate stuff. I don't even know what I was abbreviating anymore. Anyway, I don't know. MI. Why? Major incident? Okay. WTF? That one's pretty easy. But yeah, no, I think I'm just going to start. I'm going to take the first letter of all the words. The problem is I have to think about it because I'm, I'm so not used to think, like actually working like this. I just spell out in plain English what needs to be done or what I need. You know, keep the emails short. You don't have to write a 13 page email to uh, communicate that. There was an issue with the connection today. Thank you. Thank you. I, I mean, assisted connection devices, ACDs aren't working too good. I guess if you're trying to speak in code. Yeah, no, maybe that's the... Oh, is that it? Then I should... A-C-D-N-A-O-O-E-D. That's the first sentence of uh, today's uh, audio blog. What has he just said? A-C-D-N-A-O... OED assisted connection devices not always operational on every device. Of course you could understand that, right? Because if we're communicating about the same things, then obviously you would understand. All right, let's move on. <laughs> uh Art of War coming up to uh, NaNoWriMo in November. Um I'm probably going to get <laughs> Uh yeah, I'm sure some people are laughing about my abbreviation. No doubt. Um, Art of War. Art of War, Nanarimo, How to Write a Book in 31 Days or 30 Days. I was looking at this today. It was actually part of the distraction from doing my, my Delta work, uh, my Delta homework, uh, Delta readings that I was doing. Delta, again, is this um, ESL uh, Teacher Plus type of certification that I'm doing, this diploma in um, uh, English language teaching um, methodologies, theory. I'm part of a three-module course. I'm on number one right now. And... 
I was thinking about as as I was trying not to do my homework, uh, I was <laughs> thinking about this challenge of NaNoWriMo, which uh, is a uh, may like, not uh, in the month of November, people try to write a complete uh, book, basically thirty one days, thirty days, thirty one days of writing, uh, and it's uh, all about writing a, a fiction book throughout the month of November. Uh, I was thinking of doing a nonfiction book, and I got this idea from James Altucher, who said that if you really want a quick recipe to write a book, uh, pick any ancient book, any classic, uh, get all the, the titles from it, um, take those titles and and map them to your subject area and write chapters based on that. But make analogies throughout the whole thing. So I chose just as a basic, because I've been thinking about it, and it's so common as well, the art of war. So I was thinking about doing the art of, I don't know, like language learning or the art of ESL, like learning English. The art of learning English in 31 days or something like that. It might be. Or 13, the art of war, 13 easy steps to learn English. Something along those lines. Like something is so blatantly obvious. And I hate to laugh because I'm going, someone had to have done this already. I'm sure they have, but they've never done it my way. So uh, even for this, I'm thinking, I'll try this out. I'll try this experiment of mapping, if like one-to-one or some ratio to that, uh, learning English or learning a language uh, to Sun Tzu's Art of War, and I was looking at the uh, the breakdown today of each of these chapters. I'm going, yeah, I could. It's actually not that crazy of an idea. It's kind of writing itself, you know. You know, know your uh, know your enemy, know the uh, know the outlay, um, prepare your weapons, you know, uh, marshal your troops and stuff like that. There was a whole bunch of things where you're just going, yeah, I could I could make the analogy to uh, learning English. So hey, if you beat me to the punch, all the better to you. Uh, all the best. Uh, I hope it works out. <laughs> let me know. If it, let me know if it actually works out. <laughs> Save me some time. Um, but that's uh, what I'm thinking about doing throughout the month of November is to write this. I don't know. We'll see this nonfiction book. Hey, who knows? Maybe I'll find a different book uh, to map it one to one with, and then uh, you know, just use the art of war as sort of a, a practice book sort of thing. Delta course progresses, and yes, I was looking at, uh, so I was trying to study module one today, which deals a lot with the, the theory and a lot of the methodologies and stuff like that of uh, the ESL landscape. Looking ahead to module three, which is where you actually have to research and do a needs analysis, so like assess um, a, a learner's needs. And not, it doesn't have to be a student, a learner's needs. So it could be like a one-to-one, it could be online, it could be a class, um, it could be uh, what was it? Monolinguistic. So it's like if there's only one uh, type of people that are represented, like for example, if I'm only teaching Chinese or if I'm teaching like a multicultural or an international uh, class, like if there's people from all over the world sort of thing and they all have different levels of uh, um, English language proficiency and accents as well, it's, you know, conducting a sort of a, what do these learners need in order to get to their their goals and how can I help them sort of thing. So that's module three, which, if all goes well, should start in January. Hopefully. <laughs> uh, that's if I have a good experience with the rest of uh, module one, which I'm, I'm looking at this going, today I was trying to finish up last week's uh, unit 
I didn't because I was just like this grammar stuff. It's we are let's put it this way. I'm reading a sentence. Whenever I read a sentence for this course, I have to break it down per constituent part. So I hit the ball. I subject hit the verb the ball. The is a determiner. Ball is the direct object. So I hit the ball. And so this is a hit is a tran uh, was it a transient verb? Um, yeah. So it takes a it takes a direct object. You can't just say I hit. It has to be you. You hit what? I hit the ball. This is a very simple uh, example. So I hit. You can also say this is also present simple. An example of the present simple verb tense in English. <laughs> I did hit the ball. I did. Well, did is a uh, the auxiliary. So this is you know just kind of goes on. The one thing that's gotten me lately is the adverbials. Adverbials. Well, what the fuck is an adverbial? An adverbial is basically any clause that any part of the sentence that says how, when, or where something happened, or, or how, yeah, how, when, or where something happened. Uh, so it, it describes, and when you think of it, why is it an adverbial? An adverb, you think of like, well, it should be helping the verb, and that's basically what it is, is that the verb happens. Well, so how did it happen? Where did it happen? And when did it happen? Those are your adverbials, which are further broken down into like prepositional uh, phrases, now, other noun, it just goes on. This is part of the stuff that I'm learning about right now is breaking down English sentences this way. And you might be thinking, when the hell do you need any of this? Well, they state quite clearly throughout the course and all these books that talk about it, as an educator, as a teacher, you may never, ever use these words in the classroom. But it's good for you to know them. Why? So they can grant Delta course to charge you more money? That's, that was kind of what I was thinking about it. I understand the theory behind it. So this, all this yik-yak is basically called like meta-language. And meta-language, even though we're now entering the, the world of the metaverse, uh, and it's not like meta-text, um, which also kind of reminds me of it, all the information about the video. So meta language is all the information about the language. And that's what all this, this stuff is, all this junk, all this terminology is. And this test, the module one exam is famous for its, um, heavy reliance on using all of this terminology. So I like to try to speak rather plainly and probably with a few too many F sharps than my mom would like to hear. But uh, you can't use F sharps in the exam, first of all. <laughs> Second of all, um, the idea of uh, explaining or analyzing a text or a textbook or a, uh, a learner's response in the most academic way possible. That, that's what this, this whole module is leading into. Uh, so if I start dropping massive uh, linguistic terms on you, it's because that's all I'm reading these days in English. I'm, I'm looking at my to read in English books otherwise, like uh, the other ones I bought earlier in the year. I haven't touched them. I can't because every uh, basically I'm spending all my time reading these books on language theory. Don't get me wrong. It's actually kind of enjoyable. Uh, I was thinking back of uh, they say that this module is difficult. And I go, I and I go, why is it so difficult? It's a lot of, a lot of reading, a lot of terminology. And I, I don't want to get cocky thinking that, you know, because I was fatigued going into HSK 5 test and look at what happened there. So I don't want to, you know, drop the ball on this one either. 
But uh, why is this one so difficult? Well, part of the reason is because some people, uh, they take this right after they take their CELTA. Now, I took my CELTA. The CELTA is like your entry-level ESL teaching certificate sort of thing, globally recognized around the world, a standardized exam, basically, or standardized course. Um, I took that eight years ago. I mean, so I'm like a crotchety old ESL teacher at this point, right? I mean, it's... it's um, you have some experience behind you because you, know, you you teach a bit of English, you know, maybe in South Korea, probably in South Korea or China back in the early days. You do your CELTA, you finally learn how to actually teach something so your classes are more effective. And then you do some more teaching and then uh, or examination work or whatever the, the case may be. And then you do your Delta to actually figure out all the stuff that you uh, couldn't explain before when your students asked you, hey, why does the uh, why can't I put I the ball hit? And you're going, because it sounds weird. You don't do it that way, duh, right? And that, that I mean, that's what you're thinking. You can't say that. Uh, and pre-Delta, you'd probably have no idea what you're talking about. Now with the Delta, you understand what <laughs> you understand what to say, but you're going, well, I can't explain it in the meta language that I know. And uh, so you just probably say the same thing, well, because we don't do it that way. I hit the ball. Leave it like that. Memorize that sentence. <laughs> there you go. Easiest... Uh, answer is sometimes the best answer, right? Oh, I don't know. The English teachers are laughing at, 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 at me. I'm sure of it. Uh, came across this interesting YouTube channel, the Institute of Human Human Anatomy. They use real cadavers. This is kind of gross, actually. Uh, kind of spurred my uh, my my beers this evening. Actually, it didn't spur them, but it didn't stop me them from having them because they were talking about what alcohol does to your body. And it's a fantastic uh, uh, physiological explanation of how alcohol goes through your system. And I looking at this and they're using these real cadavers and they're like, I'm just going, that's, oh man, it's so weird seeing this. Like they have a, a, a bisected head. Can you imagine? So of course my overactive uh, imagination goes into uh, overdrive here and uh, things like, wouldn't that be a funny TV show with someone like, I don't know, like um, Matt Berry or like uh, uh, Michael Scott being the, uh, they don't call them taxidermists, like the people who prepare cadavers, like who have to cut them in half. Like imagine a comedy show based on that. Like, oh, messed that one up. Good thing we have three more sort of thing. Like horrible dark humor sort of things, but... <laughs> I got thinking about that while I was watching this this YouTube uh, video, uh, but fantastic uh, explanation about how alcohol actually goes into your system and how it, uh, it's broken down and the the different uh, components like how ethanol is um, attacked and treated by your body. The one thing that I a lot of people and I've mentioned this before, like you know, alcohol doesn't really serve any purpose in your in your diet in your health uh although in your life it might and the reason why there's a difference is and again this video was the physiological explanation a walkthrough of how alcohol goes through your system the problem with all of this is that it doesn't take into account the mental uh you could say even the emotional help or hindrance 
that alcohol does. And you could probably break that down and talk about the emotions, how it blocks certain synapses or whatever it is, you know, um, and why, like, he does go into, like, why it does you, you feel so good is because it does mitigate some of your judgment capabilities. Uh, but the idea being that for all these people talking about the paleo and the keto diets and stuff like that, I mean, beer is nothing new. Alcohol is nothing new to the human race. Why is it stuck around for so long? You can even say the same thing about tobacco or, or like even some drugs out there, right? They've been around for a long time. So if you're doing paleo, it's almost like you actually have to drink because paleo people, I mean, it's not like beer wasn't no. Okay, so maybe the Egyptians were the first to sort of, or is it Babylonians, Mesopotamians, one of those ancient civilizations, definitely not paleo. I get it. I know I'm jumping a few thousands of years into uh uh, through human history here, but paleo or not paleo, ancient historian or not ancient historian, modern day uh, thinker, YouTuber, influencer, whatever. I mean, how much alcohol is okay? The health nuts will say, none, it's killing you slowly. Terrible, bad, bad, bad. And look at how how much evil it's done in the world. And I go, but look at how many people are super productive when they have a couple of beers because they stop thinking so much and they're able to finally rest in terms of like not having to like, well, what if I did this? What if I did that? What if I did this? What if I did that? You know, all this sort of blah, 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 blah. No. Chill out, slow down. And for all the people that are like, well, you should just learn how to meditate. Sometimes not possible. How do you meditate? If you have to think about how to meditate, is that meditation? If you have to think about how to get yourself into a meditative state, is that meditation? How do you meditate when the world has a generator running outside your window from 7 a.m. until 5.30 p.m. and you're going, all I would like is some peace and quiet, right? I mean, I mean that, the last one's almost real-life real experience on my behalf. Anyway, so... Yeah, my watching this video, fantastic to see, and I, I do understand it. It did not stop me from having a couple of beers tonight. Uh, I was sitting there going, that's really gross that he's playing around with this real cadaver. That that was sort of the gross part about it. Uh, other than that, it was more like, how do you deal with a hangover? And he was like, the, 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 there was no real answer for that other than time, which to me doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense that time is the only thing because even with a, like a, a baby being born... Yes, it, it takes time, but every stage is logical for its development, right? For the, the child's development. There's got to be a logical stage of development for the hangover. Like what your body does at certain times and how can you fast track it. For me, if you're looking for a hangover cure or to uh, mitigate some of the effects of the alcohol that you've taken in before uh, the day before or even that day, I have noticed veggies... Deep greens, those are good. Lots of water, and then go for a run. You start sweating it out, and that helps because not only are you sweating it out, but you're breathing it out as well, so you're trying as many methods possible to uh, push the uh, the alcohol and all those uh, toxins, contaminants, out of your system. But it's not just the alcohol contaminants. It's everything else. I mean, it's a, don't get me wrong. Water and running and breathing hard like that it's not just for the alcohol. It's for everything else. Like if you're eating modified sugar, all that, you know, those cookies and stuff like that, that's the same thing. Same thing as alcohol. You can't say one thing is different 
the uh, the processed sugars are just as bad. Anyway, <sighs> learned something about soy sauce today. I was at the uh, the store and I was thinking. Um, I know I'm running over 20 minutes here, but uh, this one's actually important for uh, some people who are living here in China. Maybe if you have a Chinese girlfriend or something, you, you probably never think of this because they'll deal with it. Uh, but if you're overseas and listening to this, what are some of the differences in all the different types of Chinese soy sauce available? Sheng uh, Chou is for flavor and a bit uh, salty, and Lao Chou is more for the color. Now, how do you, if you don't speak Chinese, how do you know what they, because they're all labeled soy sauce. Uh, basically, the um, uh, Sheng Chou are, is your, I would say, your your regular type of um, soy sauce, and it's probably going to be, they'll, they'll have less salty versions, but they'll like be a modified version of it. Uh, Lao Cho is more, they say it's more for color, so it's going to be a lot heavier in flavor as well. Um, not They're not going to be as prominent in most Western supermarkets as as, as much as I remember. To tell you the truth, I haven't been to a Western supermarket in a very long time, like an actual Western one outside of uh, China. Uh, but the, the, I finally heard the difference about these two things and I was asking uh, one lady I work with and another another lady at the supermarket uh, and so I was like well which one should I get should I just get like one of each and they're like no you don't need that much soy sauce which is true because when I was making my quote unquote stir fry it wasn't a stir fry as it was pointed out to me it was a bunch of vegetables I was trying to get rid of you only need a splash of this stuff not very much but I wanted a soy sauce I wanted like something a bit salty I did not want that darker sort of, um, I, I guess it's mostly, I think I, I sometimes I, I put oyster sauce in it, which is a very different flavor to it. You don't want to be messing those up. It's a little bit uh, disturbing, a little bit off-putting, I should say, a lot lot stronger flavor. So, Sheng Chou for flavor and a bit of salt, and then Lao Chou is more for the color. So they say, that's what they, I didn't put the Lao Chou on today because I didn't need it. I just needed the, the Sheng Chou. Uh, but if you if you've used if you're using soy sauce or anything, if you ever um, wondering what you should use, I think sheng chou, uh, which is like sheng huo, sheng chou. Uh, that's the um, and chou is like it looks like the yo character, uh, like the tian character with I think is this the hand radical, right? So sheng huo the sheng, so sheng from sheng huo life, and then chou has the, on the left-hand side, I think it's the hand radical, and then the tian, the field tian uh, character. Uh, hopefully, you guys, you got that one. Anyway, uh, last little note here. Um, episode 34 is in the works. I'm trying to spit it out all day. Apparently, uh, this one is long enough that it requires multiple exports. So uh, look for that very soon folks i want to leave it there show notes tracks and vids up on my website thanks for listening i appreciate it sorry for running over a little bit on this one i know there's a lot of information in there that uh and the whole abbreviations what is it uh sorry for running over s f r o s f r o s f r o s f r o sorry for running over time sufferat 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 all right, folks, we'll leave it there. Have a good one. And may you abbreviate your day. Have a good one. We'll talk again. Bye-bye.